Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton, 234 in Toronto. Bob Stopper with the Oilers. It is a CBA-mandated off day. I'd be remiss without mentioning, since many of you have texted us at 630, 630, and a bunch of you have jumped in on the conversation on Leon Dreisaitl. We'll continue down that path momentarily with John Shannon. But a bunch of you have asked about Oscar Kleppbaum, and I didn't mention it, uh, anything at all. Because at this stage of the game, I'm doing the post-game show, and I don't have access to the coach in the post-game show. But I think that Clefbaum will be okay, and we'll have a better idea by tomorrow morning. Uh, I, I, and he definitely got a chop in a bad spot in the hand, but I believe, and I'm not going to say why I believe that to be the case, but I believe that he's going to be okay. So read between the lines of what I'm saying. Normally on Tuesday, we have Stafford Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta and the Horses, who remind you to keep an eye out for the opening of the new Century Mile racetrack uh, this spring down on Highway Number 2. Uh, we flipped Speck, who was flying today, and John Shannon. John was courteous enough to do that. And John Shannon joins us right now in Oilers Now. John, how are you doing? I forgot you were in Toronto. I mean, there's a Ruth Chris here, too, you know. Well, I will mention this, that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Roos uh, Oilers now sent you. John, uh, we finally hooked you up. We finally came through for you last homestead. Yes, you did, and it was outstanding. I will tell you right now, it was outstanding. All of them are gone, Bob. They're all gone. That's what we wanted to know. That's what we wanted to hear. Oh, it's great. Always great there. But, I mean, we, you know, I was waiting for the invite tonight, but I guess you're busy. So, okay. uh, well, you, can, you know what? We're going to go to La Cactus Club at 6. You can meet us at the hotel lobby at 5, okay, if you want. Uh, uh, sounds good. Okay. You, there are certain people there that you know, so that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all righty. Um, Let's uh, let's start with uh, the NHL trade deadline day coverage. This show is called Oilers Now. Uh, Edmonton was was quiet, but it's not like they weren't active. Well, I tell you what, I I, I was... I kept hearing, and uh, when you, when there's no news to report, it's difficult to say the Oilers are trying this, the Oilers are trying that. What I can tell you right now is that uh, uh, I'm I'm sure that Keith Gretzky's thumbs and fingers uh, are uh, are are a little stiff today from the numbers he tried to dial and the deals he tried to make. There was no doubt in my mind the Oilers are trying to improve themselves uh, both. Uh, for the short term, which means the rest of this season and next year, and for the long term, but they weren't going to they weren't going to uh, uh, mortgage the, the core. I mean, you can sit here and say I want to make a trade, and there's lots of players involved. But when people keep asking for uh, Darnell Nurse and uh, a few other guys, then the, the conversations are pretty short. Well, one name that was out there, as you know, early in the morning yesterday was Connor Brown. Now, we discussed that yep. a bunch on our various hits, and that does make sense. And you said for this year and next year, and Brown is at a $2.1 million cap hit. A lot of people thought the Leafs, you know, they could use depth right shot defensemen like a Matt Benning who would play as a six in Toronto. Um, 
something like that didn't come to fruition now. But as you know, John, often the conversations that occur at the deadline actually do end up carrying forward, moving forward. No question. Uh, no question. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, and, and just when you think about Connor Brown, Toronto boy, um, has familiarity with a few of the Oilers that we know, play junior hockey alongside the other Connor. Uh, I think that uh, at a certain point, uh, one and one might equal two. There we go. Uh, and he has had a 20 and 14 goal season. Uh, he's has- a, listen, he's a he's a he's a good hockey player. He's a he's a work ethic guy. Uh, I, I'm 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 a little surprised that his name has come up uh, as quickly as it has in Toronto. But the reality of it is in Toronto is they have they're going to have a cap crunch. coming up, and uh, they haven't finished signing all their players yet. We discussed that yesterday, John. I mean, they've still got to get Mitch Marner done, and I don't think it's going to be cheap to you. Well, I mean, I think it's going to be be comparable to uh, Mark Stone. I think it's going to be nine and a half times eight. I think it's going to be right in that number. And if that's the case, then something else has to shake out. Now, whether or not it's William Nylander, because they would have at that stage five forwards north of six million bucks, including three north of nine and a half million, which is yeah, a lot of money tied up. Yeah, but that's why Kyle Dubas gets the big bucks, Bob. You and I don't have to worry about that. Well, if you host a show daily called Oilers Now, you kind of got to worry about it from an Edmonton perspective because it's part of the challenge that the Oilers have got right now is they didn't have a lot of cap flexibility, which is part of the reason why the Talbot for Stellar's trade was made because it bought them a little. Uh, by the way, the Maple Leafs have already got $72 million committed for next season. So, <laughs> yes, they do, and only so, 14 players. So if you go $9 bucks on a guy, now you're up to $81 million. Uh, something's got to give there, and it's going to box out a guy like Jake Gardner. So you're of the belief that the Oilers had their their fingers and and you know in the pies on some things, but yeah. nothing substantive, and it kept on circling back to teams targeting a Darnell Nurse or an Oscar Clefbaum on defense, um, or a, or a, or or a first round pick, or 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 possibly even the future second rounders. And I just don't. I mean, I I think. The organization made the right decision in, in not even blinking it and considering those types of things. Yeah. Even you can. A guy, you can. Even a guy like Jujar Kara, I don't think Jujar Kara is uh, top, He's certainly not a top six forward. But I, and, I, and I won't even call him a middle six forward because that infers that he can play second line. Uh, but he's certainly a bottom six forward, and even his name was a name where I'm hearing Wallers because teams kind of like the combination of size, and he's still he hasn't got full traction yet. And frankly, they've missed him in the lineup a little bit here of late. But he, you know, even there, you got a guy that's club controlled, and he's only six hundred fifty thousand. Obviously, he's going to get a raise because he's restricted. But even a guy like that, they didn't want to part with. Well, and and by the way, if I'm trading for Kara and I'm another team, I want him in my lineup tonight, and that wasn't going to be the case either. Right. Yes, Paul Yarby. What? Do, how do you think this plays out here with him? I don't know. Um, I, that's a really that's a really tough one. Uh, you know, I, I I in many ways I think now. Uh, I mean, he's he's gone to New York for the second opinion. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it, you almost wonder now 
if they're waiting to let the new general manager make the decision on them. Um, because I, I, I don't, I, I don't, it would be unfair uh, to anybody coming in to suggest that, the, that they don't have that ability either to move the asset or, or, or believe that the asset uh, can contribute. Um, so perhaps at this point, um, the injury uh, will be beneficial to what Pugliarvi can contribute to this organization one way or the other, whether it's him as a player or him as a trade asset. Hmm. Interesting. John Shanna joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Speaking of the new manager, is it fair to say we're still in the somewhat embryonic stages of this whole process? I think so. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, uh, I think a lot more will come to fruition after the manager's meeting, uh, which is in Boca Raton next um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll be a little better sense of, of where things lie uh, from that perspective. Uh, but, uh, I, 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 you know, I, what I do think is I think the organization is taking its time and trying to do it properly. I don't think there's any rush to, rush to judgment, Bob, and we'll we'll see what happens in the next uh, two or three weeks as news comes out. I don't, I don't. By the way, when I say that, I don't I don't suspect that they'll be hiring anybody in the next two or three weeks. I just think we'll get a better idea of the process in the next couple of weeks. Leon Drysaddle is up to 38 goals now. He's got uh, 20 games left here. Wow! Do you think he can get to 50? I, I don't know. I mean, he's been on a pretty good heater. I don't. I mean, he's got 14 in the last 14 games. Yeah. Um, it's interesting in terms of what's out there, John, because there's a lot of people that think that Drysaddle is a guy that his numbers have been inflated because he plays with Connor McDavid a bit. Um, <laughs> you, you, tell, tell me the last. Uh, tell me three of the last four games, though. I mean, my goodness gracious. Yeah. I, uh, I, and listen, I have, uh, from the opening of the season, I have been as, I, I think I've been as hard on Dreisaitl as anybody out there. But I, uh, you know, uh, like last night in, last night in, uh, in Nashville, I'm, I'm prepared to eat my words. My goodness gracious. How good was he last night? How good was he, uh, uh, against the Islanders? I, I thought, uh, uh, I, I've had. I've, I must admit, I think I've had my eyes opened a little bit about 29. I, I really do. I'm uh, that. Uh, that to me, that what that what we saw, and you and I actually talked about this briefly uh, off air one night. Is uh, I saw a little bit of Phil Esposito the last couple of nights. I saw that big hulk, that big hulking forward with the giant stick that nobody thinks is skating fast and. Just all he does is score, and all he does is make great passes, and that's what Phil Esposito did for so many years in Boston. Well, you know, I mean, it's interesting because he played for Corey Clouston and Prince Albert, and he had a winger by the name of Dakota Conroy who could shoot the puck a little bit but wasn't a great skater, and Dakota scored 30 goals as a 19-year-old in that league. Yeah. And, you know, basically, and I don't mean to disrespect Dakota Conroy because his family might be listening to the show because he's from Edmonton, but Dakota couldn't crack the U of A Gold Bears. You know, there's a 30-goal score out of the WHL. And when I when I saw Leon play in the Western Hockey League, I thought he was going to, you know, I thought for sure he could be a second-line center. 
right? I mean, he had 105 points in his draft year. Because you never know, right? Like, Ryan Strom was a 105, 106-point guy, and he is maybe a third-line center. You don't know sometimes. Um, but what I didn't know, John, about him was the ability to finish. And it's an interesting analogy with Phil Esposito. And yeah. it, it didn't – hey, Phil Esposito got – I mean, give, give a bit of a history lesson for our listeners here that don't know about maybe the first – I mean, the guy scored 76 goals in 70-71, but he got traded early in his career. Yeah, he was, uh, he was, in the end, it became one of the greatest one-sided trades of all time when he got traded from Chicago to Boston uh, with Johnny McKenzie, and, uh, and the Blackhawks thought they were getting the better player in Pitt Martin. Uh, so from that perspective, I think that uh, Dreisaitl, um you know what, what? What I would love to see from Leon is I, you know, and this is where you forget they're still kids in many ways. I mean, I'm I'm almost, you know, almost 40 years older than Leon, and so I get I get mad at Leon when he shows those signs of emotion and frustration on the ice. I get mad at him, and and I think every once in a while he feels like Eeyore out there. You know, woe is me, but. I think that will change with time, and that might actually change when he's not playing with Connor. Then now he knows he can do a lot of stuff without Connor, and I think these last three games uh, without Connor have, have probably helped that. Uh, but man, 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 oh man! I'll tell you what—he's—it's he, he, the, the emotional stability that, that, like, that I don't think Leon understands that when Leon gets mad and Leon gets down on himself, it can reflect on the whole team. You know, and he has to carry—he has to carry more bravado. And his ability is doing one thing. What he does with the stick is another thing. It's fantastic. It's magnificent. But the emotional part of the game, and Bob, I don't have to tell you about the emotions of hockey and how, how emotions can control so much of what a sure. team plays like. And that's where Leon has to learn to, ah, let's face it, be a little more mature. The rest of it, the rest of it most of it's there already. Well, the irony here is I genuinely believe the very conversation that we're having right now and that perception may have played a factor in Taylor Hall being traded out of here. Because not every player is as even-keeled as Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's a mellow guy on, off the ice and doesn't get mad often. Yep. But saying that, Nugent does not have, as much as we all love Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he doesn't have the same upside as Leon Dreisettle as a player or Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall no. was a demonstrative guy. Taylor Hall did not like to practice on game names early in his career. The Oilers had a couple old school guys like Kelly Buckberger kicking around, and it used to drive Buckberger nuts. Uh, Hall was a gifted player. He wanted to save his energy for the in-game. But you know what? There's certain players that, John, if their mouth is full of crap, they will say that word. And there's other guys that if their mouth's full of crap, they won't. And Hall and Leon are more, you know, they're more prone to speak how they feel, good, bad, or indifferent. And whereas there's some other fellows out, like, you know what? Connor McDavid's a first-class guy. I mean, he just got suspended for two games, and he took the high road on the suspension and didn't woe with me and talk about getting tackled 40 feet behind the play. And you wouldn't even, like, for the fans watching home that aren't in the opposition buildings, it's even more noticeable on the road than it is at home. Yeah. yeah the, the, but, but, that, but that goes, I mean, we, we, that's the challenge of putting – teenagers, 20-year-olds, 
into the National Hockey League because they may have great natural hockey skill, but they're not necessarily mature enough to take it on sometimes. And I mean, the, the learning curve of what leadership is all about is one that I don't think people uh, understand. And that's, I mean, Sidney Crosby went through it. Mario Lemieux went through it. Steven Stamkos went through it. Wayne Gretzky. Of, Wayne Gretzky used to chirp the refs all the time. But, it, right? but it's not a but it's but it's not even a question just of chirping the refs. It's when you get mad and sulky. I mean, we always talk in the positive sense. Well, he leads by example, and his teammates help him out. Well, leading by example sometimes means if you're not totally engaged, how does that reflect on your teammates too? And I think that there there are a few times, not a lot, but there are a few times that you look at Leon and say, wow, is he engaged in this game? And if I'm wondering it and you're wondering it, are his teammates wondering it? And that becomes, that becomes the learning curve of how to be emotionally stable to play a very, very physical game. So I'm going to say something that's sacrilegious in the Edmonton market. Who's, oh, my God. Who's Warren there? Moon wasn't the greatest quarterback of all time? Uh, Warren Moon was the greatest quarterback in CFL history. There's no question about that. Because he was good enough to be a star quarterback in the NFL for the next 15 years. Uh, what's the uh, leadership award for the league named after? Which player? Uh, New York Ranger captain Mark Messier. Yeah. So it didn't happen overnight for Mark either, did it, John? You were around back in those days. As no. I recall, he got sent to Houston once. And, in fact... Played a lot. He was an all-star left wing in 1981-82. Then the Oilers crashed out of the playoffs that year. And it wasn't until he moved to center at 83-84. How old was he then? Oh, 23. 22. 22. 22, 22 yeah. 30, 23 that year. Same age, dry now. Now, yeah. saying that, you know, the Oilers had a lot better support on their team, much better depth. They were in a completely different place as a club. But when we're specifically looking at, and I'm not saying that dry is going to be Mark Metzger. But he's a hell of a talent, and and it took Mark Messi some time to evolve into that tremendous leader that he became. Listen, there's nothing wrong with uh, constructive criticism of how people can improve. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying Leon can be a better leader because he can be a better leader. And, you know, the, the issue becomes is if you and I say it, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean we're being critical. It means that we're stating something that Leon has to want to do. Leon has to want to be a better leader at some point in his life uh, to become the great player we think he can become because uh, he's got uh, most of the other attributes down pat already. Now, the one thing I would say about, and, and this is true for most of that team uh, in the 80s that you're talking about, is they will point to one person who made them and, and gave them better character and better leadership skills. Uh, and it was across the board. To this day, every one of those guys will talk about Glenn Sather. Absolutely. Yeah. I, was a, I was around firsthand for all of that, Bob, right from opening day of 1979. Sure. Yep. He was remarkable. And, right. I mean, Wayne to this day talks about how great Glenn has been to him. Was again last night on the plane. Hey, very quickly, uh, I want to do a couple quick hitters. Your thought on the return from Mark Stone in 30 seconds or less? Not enough. Okay. Not enough. I, I think that Pierre Dorian played poker, and uh, when some of the guys decided to fold their cards, Winnipeg folded his cards, Nashville folded their cards, 
I think Pierre Doring was left with uh, something less than perfect. Which uh, high-end team got the uh, did the did the best? Which Stanley Cup contender got the most? Because that. Well, uh, um, if you're talking about just yesterday, the answer is Nashville. Um, because they, you know, they they got tougher and they got they got more skill too at the same time with the Granlin trade, and he'll be great on that power play. Probably the second unit more than any sure. Um, but over the last three or four days, I think you have to put Columbus at the top of the list, where the Oilers will be on Saturday. One final one for you. What does it say about the like, special thanks to Colin, who's Texas on a Heartland Ford text line? What does it say about Matt Hendrick's character? that the Winnipeg Jets bring him back after him being on the team last year. Well, and not only that, do you hear the story last, you know what he did last night, Bobby? You know what he did? Nope. Drove to Winnipeg. He drove to Winnipeg last night. <laughs> they told him he was traded, couldn't wait for the plane, got in the car, drove from Minneapolis to Winnipeg for, for the Jets. Uh, it tells me two things. First of all, and we've talked about Hendricks and the leaderships, the skills that he has. It also tells me that the people in Winnipeg knew something was missing. Yep. And 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 it, it's addition by subtraction on one side. Getting rid of Brendan Lemieux, who was a distraction in the room, is a positive for the Jets. And by adding Matt Hendricks, they're bringing a, a bit more character and dimension back into that room. I fully expect the Jets to get back on the rails here quite soon, even though Morrissey's up for a month. John, we'll see you here tonight. Hey, that's a good idea. That's John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stopper with you in orders now. Yesterday we saw Dennis Laliberti and our folks uh, from New West Travel on our Oilers Now road trip. They met a couple great Oilers alumni. You can join Dennis Laliberti on an exclusive visit to Italy and Greece. A spectacular 16-day holiday starts with uh, tours of Italy, including visiting beautiful cities, Rome, Florence, and Venice and guided tours, then you head on NCL Cruise Lines for a spectacular seven-night Greek island cruise. You get the parking at the Edmonton uh, International Airport through the Value Park. 50% sold already on this trip. Call New West Travel. Visit newwesttravel.com. Off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan. And when we come back, Alan May, longtime Washington Capitals broadcaster, one of your favorites here on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season 6 of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.